welcome to Mind Witchery. I'm your host, Natalie Miller, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello, my friend. Welcome to Mind Witchery. I have a new moon episode for you today. It is a new moon in Gemini this month. And in these new moon episodes, I have a couple of intentions. One of them is that I want to set you up with self-reflection for this time period. Regular self-reflection is so helpful. It is so evocative. It's so good to step out of the momentum of life and check in with ourselves. And so having this coincide with the new moon, I find for myself, is really helpful just to like keep me connected with my heart and soul and body and living on purpose. So I want to set you up each new moon with some self-reflections. I also want to teach you a little bit about astrology because I'm really into it and so many people that I know are astro-curious and sort of want to know more or, you know, it's, it's very, it's like culturally very popular, I think, right now. And it's fun to learn more about the significances of the planets and the cycles and the elements of astrology. So I always want to teach you a little bit about astrology, too, so that it may be more evocative and exciting for you as a tool. So both irritatingly and perfectly, this particular new moon in Gemini is, I think, demanding two different lessons, but both of the lessons to me feel really completely necessary. So the first is that this new moon is also a solar eclipse. So I really want to talk about eclipses and what eclipses mean. And this new moon is also happening during a Mercury retrograde. So I want to talk a little about Mercury retrograde and what that means. So in this episode, in addition to the questions that I offer you, I'll be talking a little bit about eclipses and a little bit about Mercury retrograde. Hopefully all of this together will get you thinking in a new, creative, intuitive way about your life. If you would like to sit and journal with these questions, which I think is a a lovely eclipse season activity, I have collected all of the questions in a pretty little worksheet for you, and the link to this worksheet is in the show notes. So you can go and click that and then download the worksheet and sit and think through these questions. All right, so let's start with eclipses. So as we know, the Earth orbits the sun and the moon orbits the Earth. So just imagine for a moment looking at this happening like from the top as if you could sort of stand above it and look down. There's the sun, and then the earth is going around it. And then as the earth is going around it, there's a wee little moon going around the earth. So an eclipse happens when all three of those luminaries are aligned. And a solar eclipse is when the moon is in between earth and the sun. 
And so therefore it blocks out the sun's light. And I hope that you've had the experience of being in a solar eclipse. It is, it's extraordinary. It's, it's, it's beautiful and weird and lovely. So solar eclipses always happen at new moons because the moon and the sun have to be conjunct. They have to be together. So these meetings do happen time to time, a couple times a year, but they're also quite uncommon, really. I like to think of it as like a right place at the right time kind of meeting. It's like, um, you know, when you are at the airport in Atlanta and somebody that you knew from your hometown, like, walks into the Starbucks while you're waiting for your drink. It's that kind of like, whoa, one of those totally possible encounters, but also like a bit extraordinary, a bit uncommon. So perhaps for this reason, eclipses are associated with the twists and turns of fate. I've heard eclipse times described by various astrologers as nudges toward destiny. And I really like that idea, a nudge towards destiny, a twist, a turn of fate that kind of opens up a new direction in which we can move and maybe a new direction that's better aligned with our intentions and our values. Nudges toward destiny. My very favorite quotation or description of destiny is from this Polish fantasy writer named Andrzej Sapkowski. Apparently he wrote The Witcher, um, which looked kind of scary to me, so I didn't watch it. But anyway, so, so here is what this brilliant writer says about destiny. He says, the sword of destiny has two edges. You are one of them. I really love this. I love this quotation. I love this because to me it feels very real, very accurate. As I am often saying, we are co-creators of reality, all of us together plus the twists and turns of fate, we're all co-creating all of this. We happen to life, and life happens to us. The sword of destiny has two edges. You are one of them. So maybe we could think that eclipse times are where we see and feel the flash of that sword. Sometimes the sword is cutting us free. It's clearing our path forward. Sometimes the sword is honoring our new strength. It's like requesting our oath. It's sending us on a new adventure. The flash of this sword can feel sharp and sudden. It can feel unwieldy. It can feel really heavy. It can feel super empowering. It can feel all of the above. But eclipses, the way that they're considered, astrologically speaking, are times of turning points, of happenings that shift the narrative in a new direction. And we are in an eclipse season right now. So 
Astrological traditions hold that eclipses are not something that we try to work with, right? So I I often say when a new moon comes, we can set our new moon intentions and we can make our new moon altars. Traditionally speaking, astrology says, "Mm, let's not try to harness this energy. It's unpredictable. Astrologers will often remind us that in ancient times, eclipses were really scary. (laughs) There was a sudden blotting out of the sun, a sudden reddening of the moon, and it seemed very ominous. So it's not a time for making altars or setting intentions. It is, however, I believe, a lovely time for checking in, for self-reflecting. Because if one of the edges of the sword of destiny is you, then own that. Be really clear about that. What is happening in the world isn't just happening to us. We are also happening to it. And so as we navigate the twists and turns of fate, we might as well do that mindfully. All right, so here is the very first question for this new moon in Gemini, which is also a solar eclipse. Where in your life are you especially open to receiving a nudge toward destiny? Where would you like the flash of the sword to be apparent? And I would love for you to really honor the very first thing that comes to mind here. It might scare you a little. You might say, uh, no, thank you. I'd rather, I'd rather not have any swords there, <laughs> right? But where in your life would you appreciate a twist and turn of fate to send you in a new direction? Here's your second question. How do you want to use the sword of destiny in this area of your life? So just kind of going with that metaphor. Like, do you need to be freed? Do you want protection on a new adventure? Are you ready to take an especially strong stand and you want to be really bold about it? How do you want to use the sword of destiny in your life in this moment? So as you're considering this question, here's something you should know about eclipses. Eclipses happen in sets or series. And it's like sets within sets and series within series. So on the very simplest level, right now we are in the middle of a series of eclipses that are happening along the Gemini-Sagittarius axis. So this series of eclipses kicked off with a lunar eclipse in June of 2020. It was right as the world was mourning George Floyd. We were watching in horror as the pandemic was unfolding, as the stark and horrific reality of police brutality was beyond apparent. That's where this series kicked off. 
the very first solar eclipse in this series, this Gemini-Sagittarius axis series, was December 14th, 2020. And I happen to remember the date (laughs) because I had an incredibly disturbing conversation on that date. Now I can see that that conversation spun me off in an entirely new direction. It gave me a whole new trajectory in my life. So, of course, I Googled it, and December 14th, 2020 also happens to be the date that the very first COVID vaccine was publicly administered. Do you remember? It was a nurse, a Black woman, on the front lines of the pandemic in New York, and she received publicly the first COVID vaccine right on that day of the solar eclipse. So... Maybe what happened in your life was not so dramatic, but think back, especially to mid-December 2020. Where was your life prying open? What was becoming radically clear, like unavoidably clear to you at that time? Noting that it may have been empowering, it may have been disturbing, it may have been a little of both. So I talk a lot in these new moon episodes about how I love that astrology encourages us to think in cycles. It demands us to reckon with the fact that growth and progress are not linear. They're not linear. They're cyclical or they're spiralic. They don't only move in one direction. They move around, just like our planet does and our moon does. So I'd love for you for a moment to think about an upward spiral, an upward-moving spiral. You might even trace your finger in an upward spiral and notice how as you spiral around, sometimes your finger is moving left, Sometimes your finger is moving right from your perspective as it ascends. So it's moving up, but sometimes it seems like it's going backward, and then sometimes it seems like it's going forward. This is how life goes. We will go back to school in order to progress in our work. We might be working on a problem and we go back to the drawing board to find a better solution. We might be improving our home and we go back to look at the blueprints in order to proceed with a renovation. There are so many places where we go backward in order to go forward. And maybe you're feeling that right now. Maybe somewhere in your life you are going back in order to progress forward. So where is that? Where are you experiencing that spiralic growth? Going back in order to go forward. And what can you do to support your ascent in this area of your life? So... This whole look back to move forward thing is especially pronounced right now. 
because this particular new moon solar eclipse is happening in a cycle, and it's also happening right alongside a very strong retrograde Mercury. Even if you do live under a rock, I'm sure that talk of Mercury retrograde has reached you. (laughs) Pop culture is very into it, and pop culture tends to focus on the whole kind of scapegoating phenomenon, right? Like, oh, blame Mercury retrograde. Oh, things are messed up. It must be Mercury retrograde, right? But if we kind of pull back and we think about the significance of Mercury as a planet, we can be, I think, a little more sophisticated and thoughtful about what a retrograde might be inviting us to consider. So Mercury is the planet of communication, of commerce, of connection. So you hear that? Co-creation, communication, commerce, right? Connection. It's it's two things coming together. So Mercury as planet of communication, like speaking and listening, writing and reading. Researching and editing. The giving of the communication and the receipt of the communication. And then commerce, like buying and selling. Like browsing and negotiating. So the back and forth of merging resources, of of mercantilism. And then connection in all kinds of ways, but especially contracts, agreements, leases, wills. It's these communications that are very co-creative, where communication and commerce are meeting. Okay, so Mercury retrograde is a time to reconsider all of these kinds of things. What we're saying, what we're listening to, what we're buying, what we're selling, what we're consuming, what we're committing to. Mercury retrograde is a time to reconsider all of that. And that prefix, re, that is really the key for Mercury retrograde. We are reviewing. We are revising. We are revamping. We are revisioning. It's very much a look back in order to look forward kind of moment. It's a place where revision or revision is key to our evolution forward. Maybe even to our revolution forward. To our our different, our reconsidered way of evolving. So in this particular new moon, the Mercury retrograde influence is super strong for a couple of reasons. First of all, Mercury is in Gemini, which is one of the signs that it rules. And so Mercury is extra strong here. And then also Mercury is right next to the sun and moon at the time of the eclipse. So it's kind of like The sun and the moon and Mercury, they're all three of them sharing Mercury's room at this time. The sun and moon are like sharing a bunk bed, but it's Mercury's room. 
And Mercury's got the remotes and the light switch and is like, my room, my rules. So this Mercury retrograde influence is just very important in this new moon. And it is, therefore, a great time to ask yourself, where in your life are you called to review, to revise, to revamp, to revision? Like what is asking for your attention? Where do you need to go back in order to move forward? I love to think about these retrogrades as calls to edit. Right? It's time to clear out what's not working and to replace with what will serve better. So editing sounds like a very clear and clarifying process, doesn't it? But of course, it's eclipse season, so there will be curveballs. And also, there's a little catch. This Mercury retrograde and this new moon are square the planet Neptune. And Neptune is a blurrer. <laughs> it blurs. Neptune is out on the edge of our solar system, kind of. Maybe it's actually Pluto that's on the edge, but maybe not. Yeah, exactly. So with Neptune, there's just mystery. There's a lack of clarity. Even when Neptune was discovered by Galileo, he was like, oh, cool, a star. And it's not a star, it's a planet. And it's a planet, actually, that scientists still don't completely understand. It's weird. It doesn't make sense. It's like warmer than it's supposed to be. It's, it's, there's something just mysterious about it. So there's some tension here because while Mercury, and especially Mercury in Gemini, is quick and sharp, Neptune in Pisces is slow and languid and blurry. So it's almost like you're, here we are, we're skipping through puddles, but some of the puddles are much, much deeper than they appear. They're actually for swimming, not for skipping. And so as we're moving along, we can just remember that as we're moving through our reflections, we can just remember that, oh, there are going to be some places we're really called to dive in. So since Neptune squares this Mercury retrograde and the, the new moon solar eclipse, I think it's a good time to approach our revisioning with attention to, like, vibe, to subtlety, to energy, rather than with attention to details and specifics. It's kind of like not a time for details and specifics. It's a time for vibe, for energy. So all of the kind of editing questions that I've given you for self-reflection, they are all vibes related. So the first one is, what are the vibes, the energies, the feelings that I'm ready to clear out? And in which habits and activities, which practices, which relationships, which commitments, like where in my life's doings are these vibes I want to clear out, where are they most prevalent? So for me, for example, I have this scattered feeling 
that I don't really want. And where do I get the scattered feeling? <sighs> social media. I do. <laughs> I get it in social media. I get it actually um, someplace that has given me a lot of joy, which is in my plant swapping groups. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in a couple of different plant swapping communities. My energy gets very scattered as I scroll through those posts. I don't like that feeling. So that would be a habit where the scattered feeling is prevalent. I've got kind of like a messy feeling right now. And where is the messy feeling? It's like literally in my home. <laughs> it's in a couple of my storage spots. It's like, oh, that shelf on the bookcase or that, that one closet. And so I actually, at the very beginning of the Mercury retrograde, started clearing out some of that messiness. So what are the vibes you're ready to clear out? And where are those vibes most manifest? Where are they most prevalent? Okay, the next question is, what are the energies I'm calling in? What are the vibes I want? Right? And then what do I believe about myself and my life when I'm feeling that way? Okay, so this is where we're tapping in a little bit to the connection between the way we think and the way we feel. So one of the energies that I've really been calling in is potency. I want to be potent. I want my work to be very kind of like deeply powerful. So I don't want to work more, but I do want my work to be more powerful. And so something that I've got to believe about myself and my life to get potency is that collecting and concentrating my energy is most important. That's a priority. So everything I can do to collect and concentrate my energy is a priority. Another vibe that I personally am calling in is clarity. Oh my gosh, I am such a I'm such a self-confuser. <laughs> I am. I have my sun is in Libra and my moon and rising signs are both Pisces. And I just have a, I have a ton of water energy in my chart. So it's very easy for me to slosh around in creativity and indecision. Clarity is something that I'm really longing for. And so I'm practicing the thought, I'm practicing believing that I can be clear in my decisions, I can be clear in my actions when I align with my values. Because while I'm not always sure what to do, I am always sure about the values that are important to me. That's much easier for me to be clear about. Okay, so for me, it's potency and clarity. Those are energies I'm really wanting to call in. How about you? What are the energies you're calling in? And then how do you need to think about yourself? How do you need to think about your life in order to pull in those energies? Okay. So the next question is, when you are feeling this way, this way that you want to feel, so for me it's potent and clear, and, and for you it'll be something else, but when you're feeling that way, how do you show up in your life? 
what do I see you doing? What are the habits, what are the practices that I engage? How do I approach my work, my play, my rest when I'm feeling potent and clear? So I can tell you right away, I am definitely doing my morning routine and my bedtime routine. I am using my daily planner in my quirky way of using it, but I'm using my daily planner. I know that for me to be more potent, I want to invest in myself. So right now, for example, I'm working with a coach. So this is around action, right? When you're feeling the way you want to feel, how do I see you showing up? What kinds of things are you doing? How are you approaching your work, play, and rest? You know, on that last front for work, play, and rest, when I'm potent and clear, I am, again, I'm not working more, but I'm working so much more kind of um, with better boundaries and just better rhythm. I'm pulsing. And I, I described a little of this in my spell for cultivating discipline. If you haven't heard that spell, it's about cultivating discipline, but not in the way we commonly think about discipline. It's a good listen. I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes. So anyway, when I am potent and clear, I'm manifesting like my work day has a lot of play and rest integrated into it. And I know that. Okay. One last question for this eclipse, and that is, which practices and tools help me connect to my intuition? And where can I integrate them into my everyday life? So if we are communicating in this kind of mysterious way, that to me evokes the idea of the deeper knowing of intuition. How are you connecting to yours? What are the ways that you best connect to yours? For some people, it is like tarot cards or oracle cards. For some people, it's astrology. I love using astrology the metaphors of astrology to help me kind of tap into the deeper knowing. For you, it might be walks in the forest. Maybe you need to talk to trees to connect with your intuition. Maybe it's meditation or time with loved ones. So what are the practices, the tools that help you connect to your intuition? And where can you integrate these more intentionally into everyday life? Okay, I have to admit, as I get to the end of this list of questions, I'm like, whew, that's a lot. (laughs) And I want you to know that it really is all an invitation. It's a spread. It's a smorgasbord. So if one of these particular places was especially interesting or evocative for you, you could concentrate your energy there. You could fill your plate just with that one question or two questions. 
Or if all of it was just like, yes, I am so in a place where I'm ready to check in with myself, where I want to reflect and reconsider where I am and where I'm going and where I've been to kind of locate myself in this growth spiral, then you could answer all of them. In all cases, doing this kind of reflection is a lovely way to open up to whatever this next eclipse is bringing into our lives collectively and into your life personally. So again, not not really a time for an affirmation, not really a time for an intention, not really a time for an altar or a request. Much more a time just to be in awe, to kind of sit back and look at the larger, stellar picture. All right. The pretty worksheet with all the questions is in the show notes. You can download it there. I have so much fun making them, and I hope that you enjoy working through them. I wish you a happy new moon. I wish you empowering encounters with the sword of destiny. We are all co-creating this life together. We are happening to life. Life is happening to us. And I'm so glad that you especially are in this with me. All right. Till next time. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mind Witchery. To catch all the magic I'm offering, please subscribe to the show. Or if you want a little bit of weekly witchiness in your inbox, sign up for my Sunday letter at mindwitchery.com. If today's episode made you think of a friend or loved one, your sister, your neighbor, please tell them about it. We need more magic makers in this troubled world. Like all good things, this podcast is co-created by stellar people. Our music is by fabulous DJ, artist, and producer, Shammy D. Our gorgeous art is by the sorcerers at New Moon Creative. Mind Witchery is produced in conjunction with Particulate Media, K.O. Myers, executive producer. And I am Natalie Miller. Till next time.